Hi, I'm Johnny Pollard and welcome to Season 2, Episode 10 of the One Giant Mind Podcast. A little reminder to listeners that this season was recorded pre-COVID and not surprisingly, the content remains extremely relevant to the rapidly changing world that we're witnessing right now. In this episode, we talk to Harriet, a young worker in the corporate world who is also a meditation teacher who represents a new generation that recognize the importance of bringing work-life balance into everything that we do. Harriet poses a very powerful question about how we can embellish and emphasize the experience of being whilst we are engaged in the doing. She asks, is this actually really possible? The conversation reveals that it is indeed. Hope you enjoy it. So I'm Harriet Jackson and... I did Johnny's One Giant Mine teacher training starting about this time last year. I also work in finance as well um, and that's kind of why I went into meditation myself for my personal journey because of the corporate environment and the heavy stimulation of needing to be um, on this corporate ladder and on this corporate um, hierarchy and really that masculine dominant energy and it was taking over me. And that's kind of where I went into meditation to bring me back into my feminine. And how, how's that going? Good, I think, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, yeah, I think I've really found this surrender, which is part of the question I want to ask about the surrender, but also that flow and coming back into that accepting of myself and that accepting of the emotions that come through me and allowing them to be expressed. Yeah, that's a big part of where I'm at, which help meditation helps with. Wonderful. And my question kind of is around that, is that um, I live here in Melbourne now and have had a couple of years overseas in London. And it's it, being the first year back in Melbourne, I've been reflecting on the things that I've been doing and thinking that it's been less than what I was doing in Europe and London. And so... I guess it kind of comes back to this whole going with the flow and the feminine energy, but also the stereotypes around needing to do more. You know, I feel like when people ask me um, how are things going or what have you been up to, it's all about the doing and it, the response is always about what have you been doing. And yet when you ask, the, we're speaking earlier about, well, we are human beings and that life is kind of almost in the being. This is what I kind of, I guess, struggle with. And it's kind of, I guess, what I wanted to ask you about is how do we almost be comfortable in the being and see that life is in the being and the experience of being mm. versus the doing? Yeah. By surrendering into it, experimenting and exploring, going against the, the impulse to do, 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 which invariably creates a discomfort inside of us, resisting any habit generates a discomfort because there is a new pathway that's being created as a result of not conforming to a habit. And that sort of s s turning of the, the rudder of the ships, and that creates a, a kind of a discomfort. And the resistance also requires more energy, more energy, more focus, more deliberateness, more diligence of our attention upon what it is we desire. And being creatures of comfort, we like things to be 
easeful, effortless. Yeah. And the reality is that to shift habits, to shift direction of the course of the ship requires, you know, that the whole crew, you know, are pulling the rope and spinning the wheel and doing all these different things to operate the ship to move in that direction. Whereas once you've moved and set your course, then you can just let the ship go and it relax and enjoy the beautiful day. What it requires is a willingness to be uncomfortable and a, a curiosity to explore the desire. The desire is always there and we don't feed the desire because it's culturally not valued and we belong to a field that is moving in a direction. We call it the mainstream. The field is present. We are all in it and we feel a pull by the mainstream. And sometimes that pull feels good because it's in accordance with how we feel about life and how we want to express ourselves. But for the most part, that pull goes against something inside of us. Like, uh, all right, I'll go. We don't want to go because we want to just stay here and experience this. And the difference between, you know, you and many others is that you have reached a point of no return where you're no longer willing to ignore what you know. And what you know is, I desire this. And what the mainstream are doing are generating a force in the direction of something that opposes that because they aren't yet willing to cease ignoring. The, the tendency to ignore is probably the most dominant habit that perpetuates the dysfunction of our human experience. And when everybody's doing it, it generates a force that pulls us into it to try and stand against the torrent of a powerful river stream requires all your focus and energy Ooh, positioning yourself properly as it pushes you and it feels unsustainable and at a certain point we get exhausted and we just go ah we fall back and shoom, it takes us down the river it requires being a, a much larger force in the river where the torrent of the mainstream actually just feels like a trickle at our ankles. And what I'm suggesting here is that the more that you spend time cultivating the attention and awareness around the desire to be and all the wonderful things that that gives rise to, you're essentially growing the self. And in the watering of that with your attention, and the growth of the self, the mass, the weight of your being, your presence, increases, increases, increases until the mainstream actually does just feels like a trickle at your ankles. And it's like, yeah, okay, you're all doing that. I'm doing this. And, you know, in, in my presence, the stream actually starts to swirl around me. You become such a, a force in presence that we start to redirect the current of the mainstream. And so your desire not only is important in alleviating 
suffering, I would say it's your social responsibility relative to the direction in which we need to head in order to live uh, a, a sustainable existence. Sustainability for humanity is the, the embodiment of our humanity, embracing our humanity, understanding what it means and what we are essentially are beings that secondarily do. And doing needs to be informed by being and not the other way around. And that's where the gross disconnect and discomfort comes from is that we are, we are operating from a place of doing and making decisions based on doing. You know, if I do this, then I am, I am loved and appreciated because of the way that I do this or because I do this, as opposed to being loved and appreciated for my being and that my doing this is an expression of that. And anyone who's, anyone who's waking up is becoming increasingly more aware of the, the imperative to cultivate an intimate relationship with that desire to want to be and just bathe and relish in the sensory experience of that because what it does is it enlivens our innate knowingness, our wisdom, our creativity, our inspiration, and solutions to the, to the great needs of our time. It's the, it's the vessel by which we are fed everything that we are yearning for. It's all in there waiting to just be gorged on. And we just need to allow ourselves to do that. And the question you asked is how? Just by doing it. By making the decision, by being willing to be uncomfortable for a few moments where the mainstream's pulling you this way and you're like, no, I'm just going to sit here. And it might be at first, but the more you do it, you start to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. And, grow. and then all of a sudden your growth extends well beyond the parameters of the of the mainstream out into the to the to the river banks and up onto steady land and then you become a kind of conduit or a bridge by which people can cross and pass pass without having to get caught up in the mainstream your attention their interaction with you becomes the the vehicle by which they can pass through certain things that you had to build a bridge over you know we're making it easier for others you you do the legwork and that's truly being of service. It's interesting you say that because I find that in creating um, kind of that, um, the being and kind of holding that sphere of being, it's quite confronting to a lot of people. And I see this a lot in the, the workplace because it's all about, you know, you jump into a meeting and you talk all about what have you done or what are you doing? And yet when you have those kind of other conversations, like how are things going, it's interesting because people I find, um, especially, yeah, people find, I find, find that harder to respond to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the corporate world has created a, a system and a framework that demands that people deny their humanity to become a cog in an engine to drive profits for a company <laughs> and for some reason or another that seems agreeable to so many people probably because it provides the security of financial rewards 
and the opportunity to to have a kind of lifestyle outside of work that they desire. But we are now observing that this is all falling apart. You know, the the level of injury in the corporate environment now is unprecedented. And the injury is mental health, mental illness. People are, are leaving work having massive mental and emotional breakdowns because they're denying their being. They're turning up and agreeing to participate in activity that is just completely unsustainable for their health and well-being. They just ignore, 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 work, 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 rah, achieve, 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 promote it, promote it, promote it, rah. And it's just causing mass burnout. And what we're noticing now is individuals like you who are completely rewriting the script, changing the game and bringing a whole new solution into that environment and it's exactly what's needed and it's okay for those conversations to be confrontational it's okay for you to speak your truth but only to the extent that you don't overly bewilder people because you still want to remain relevant and for them to feel like they can come to you and talk to you at a point where they realize that you actually have something really important that they need to to connect with So I guess it almost comes back to those like, you know, people still want to be doing and they still want to be achieving. So how do you do that in the being? Kind of, how, you know, everyday life, it's like you're still going to be doing things. So how do you kind of incorporate that as part of just the being of, of getting stuff done? Yeah. So being and doing are not mutually exclusive. In fact, we're never not doing. It's just that we can put our attention on doing with and ignore the being. Whereas if we give... Um, priority of attention to being and we can only really do that once we're fully established being being is an experience that requires that we establish it and this is why meditation is you know always the the hot subject in this conversation because through meditation we create a pathway directly into this experience of beingness and we are not ruminating on being from an intellectual standpoint but rather having an experience of it and allowing it to inform what action is actually appropriate inherent in being is the intelligence and creativity that informs innovation and solution because inherent in being is the desire to want to be of service to seek out where there is imbalance to create balance where there is disharmony to create harmony where there is stagnation to transform, to create progress. Where there is old, rigid ways of doing things to transform into innovation. This is, these are the qualities of being. This is what being does. So doing never ceases. It's just that when it's in reference to being, emergent of being, then doing becomes far more gratifying, um, impactful. It's almost like it's coming more from the heart. Yes. Mm. coming from a heart that takes into consideration the needs of the greater whole mm. rather than just pursuing something for your own benefit and potentially at the expense of somebody else um, or many others. Learning to listen to our conscience. And a lot of people don't listen to their conscience, particularly in the corporate world, because there's a lot of activity that's happening in the corporate world that actually goes against 
so many of the people's conscience that work in the company and they they will sell their conscience out for the security of a pay packet and interesting little conundrum you know and we're in a process now where i think that conscience is becoming the new dominant power where there is an emergent thing happening on the planet where people are really starting to reference their conscience and go i just can't justify doing this anymore can't i can't do this anymore something i have to do things differently mm. that's what i'm seeing anyway yeah. that's what i'd like mm. to believe is happening mm. yeah i think um people are definitely seeing it it's just action may not be there for everyone yet but i think they're aware of it because but there's that fear of well what else what would i do or um how would i have that security and it kind of comes down to changing the view of what security looks like then yeah and this is why your role is so important in this whole story because what we require is living breathing examples of it to demonstrate it because we really only change when we've got a visceral sort of model to 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 model ourselves on you know okay like that but mm. i'm going to do it a little bit different and someone gets like that but i'm going to do it a little bit different and then we've got all these beautiful variations of the one thing moving in the same direction and you know you, you play a very important role in that thank you you're welcome special thanks to our show producer daniel tucker aka spiritual tradey Sky Tipler from MKT Communications for the use of their beautiful space. Ali Lieberman for this gorgeous music you're hearing. And all the One Giant Mind team. If you're uh, interested in learning to meditate and you don't have a practice yet, One Giant Mind supports you in two specific ways. You can download the free One Giant Mind Learn to Meditate app, which will take you through a beautiful 12-step process of learning a powerful technique. The alternative is to go onto the website onegiantmind.com and check out our teacher directory. We have teachers from all around the world offering courses on a weekly basis, both online and in person. So if you can't find a teacher in your local area, you're certainly going to find one who's going to be able to teach you in a course they'll be running online. And finally, if you are a passionate meditator and you feel a calling to do something powerful in the world, we are calling for you to join us in our meditation teacher family to bring meditation to the world by participating in the One Giant Mind Meditation Teacher Training Program. In 12 weeks, we will empower you to be able to successfully teach anybody how to practice meditation and make it a daily habit. All that information can be found at onegiantmind.com.